Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. Hi there, it's Gina Gardner here and I'm your host on Passionate World Radio. I'd like to talk with you today about the five rules or one set of five rules for living a great quality life. Yeah. And they're not original rules, but they're actually pretty good, aren't they? Yeah. So let's look at the rules. So number one, turn up. Turn up. (laughs) For me, life is not a spectator sport. No. But actually, if you're not present, if you're not involved in it, Mm -hmm. then it's going to happen, is it? Yeah. No, I mean, if you just hide away, then um, you will have a very, very dull, boring, worthless life first thing you've got to do and it's, it's tough isn't it to turn up especially you know as you're growing up and you're getting sort of used to your own skin yeah. I mean, you've almost got to turn up into your own skin first really to live a good and I think life. that's a really good point for me turning up is not just about having a physical <coughs> no present yeah there are lots of people who are physically there yes but actually they've not turned up yes they're not open they're not emotionally involved yes that they have closed themselves down this isn't going to change me. I am as I am. Yes. I'm not actually here to take part. Yes. Yes, it's perfectly <laughs> possible to to be present uh, physically and not to have turned up. Yes. Um, and yeah, and it's a choice as well, isn't it? Because because the point about saying turn up is that there's inherent within that is that you do have a choice not to turn up. Yes. But I, it, it's a pretty awful choice. To, but to I make, think it's it? so often done unconsciously that people do yeah. not recognise actually what they're doing, yeah. but also they don't recognise that there is a choice to turn up. Yeah, yeah. I believe, like, and so often it's fear that keeps people in that place where they haven't turned up, yeah. because if they do turn up, then people expect something of me. Yes. I might not measure up. Yes. Um, I will have to leave myself exposed and vulnerable, mm-hmm. um, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. And so they'll close themselves off, and mm-hmm. they might walk, as if through sleepwalking, mm. but they're not actively and uh, actively actioning being yeah. part of that situation. Yeah, and when I think of that rule of turn up, I think of you know in terms of simple terms like you know the invite to that party or or the invite to speak somewhere or you know yes. where you've got a choice of do, do I go or do I not, and um, and I think actually often as the film Yes Man suggests. You should you should turn up. You should yes. you should give it a go. Um, and the thing is, very often that you there'll be things in life that you think I'm not sure if I'm going to like that, mm. or I'm fearful about trying something new because I might not be good straight away. Mm-hmm. But actually, as soon as you do turn up, as soon as you are part of what is going on, mm. um, you learn actually that it's it's quite good. Isn't mm. it? The more you do it, the better it feels. Yeah, because the opposite of not of turning up is to be absent. Yes. And does anyone want to end their life 
saying, well, I was absent. You know, what does that mean if, if, if people sit and think for a moment about, I was absent? I think sometimes thinking about the negative side of something is, is a, 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 a way of getting a quicker focus on what you actually mean by the, yeah. the instruction to turn up. Yes. Um, I think if you got to the end of your life and you generally said, well, I didn't turn up, I was absent for most yes. of it. No, that would be a terrible, terrible thing. I'm, I'm reminded, if you put it into the professional context, of how many people would turn up to a meeting yeah. and their, their seeming purpose yes. was to avoid engaging in the meeting because mm. if they engaged, it meant that they would probably go away with another job to do. <laughs> or they'd fail to engage because if I engage, then um, I'll have to take responsibility for my my. Uh, contribution, my thinking. Yeah, I will be put myself in a position where I can be judged. Yeah, uh, and I think very often that when people don't turn up, and this is as true in a family setting. Yeah, if I don't turn up, then I won't be judged. Yeah, but actually that's based on a false premise. Yes, and it leads on to rule number two, and and all of these rules actually sort of follow oh, they're one another. Interconnected, don't they? aren't they? Yeah. They, they are layered and they're, in, they're, yes. they're like a bowl of spaghetti, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah, because rule number two is being present. Yeah. So the, sort of written into that is you do have to turn up first. And when you've turned up, be present. Yeah. So don't come along to that meeting and just say, well, I was bodily there, but oh, I wasn't listening and you know, I didn't yeah. actually take part. You know, value the time that you have. You, yeah. In fact, you could argue just by being born, you've turned up. <laughs> yeah. Now you have the choice of being present or yes. not. And for me, being present is about being present in terms of enjoying the moment. Yes. And we talked quite a lot about that in these, yeah. uh, these um, yeah. shows. But also, um, that being present means that you take responsibility for yes. what you say and how you say it and when you say it, yes. what you do and how and when you do it, whether yeah. you do nothing or say nothing at all. Yes. But the being present is actually you know, actively taking responsibility for what you do. Yes, be, be aware. Yes. Develop your awareness. Yes. Super tune your awareness. Um, yeah, you know, be here. And part of that for me is take responsibility for your own emotional well-being. Yes. Don't rely on other people to make you happy or to make you sad or whatever. Yes. Yes. Um, own your own emotional well-being yes. and be present in terms of, of choosing whether you want to be happy or not, whether yes. you want to make the most of every moment or not. Yes. That is an active choice yes. that so many people drift along and they believe that, that by not engaging... They're not making the choice. They don't need to take responsibility. And I think the opposite is true. Yeah, my husband um, tends to um, call those those kinds of decisions and the people who live their lives around those decisions slightly amoebic people. The ones that sort of float around with apparently no corks bobbing on the ocean type yes. of life. Where they're sort of getting taken by the current somewhere, but they sort of don't really know if that's where they wanted to go anyway. And, and it... And it is a way to live life, obviously, but you are at the behest of third-party forces, aren't yes. you? You know, I mean, the ocean, the tides. Inevitably, you know, our lives are to some extent governed by um, the politics of where we live, by yes. uh, the people yes. that we live with, where we work, and so on. 
But that doesn't take away the fact that we have a choice how we are going to be present. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can live in uh, in the most extreme of circumstances, but you still actually have some choices. It can be quite revolutionary and slightly sort of uh, you know threatening actually to to hear it for the first time. I remember the first time I really got that point of you have a choice, Rachel. Yeah. Somebody I've, I've gone on a training course, and the only two things I remember about it was. He said, the human brain is very visual. The only thing you'll remember from this course is that I'm wearing yellow socks. And he showed us the yellow socks. <laughs> but I did remember another thing, which is, he said, you have a choice. Nobody can make you angry. That's you, true. You choose anger yes. as a reaction to something that somebody has done. But you have many other choices in your arsenal um, to, to do. So do not use the phrase, you made me angry, or you made me this. As tempting as it is to hand over responsibility, yes. it is absolutely fundamentally your choice in every single second of your life. I'm reminded of when I was a very young teacher, we were doing drama. One of the exercises that we would do with the children was to sit as a pair facing yeah. one another. And person A would have not allowed to touch, but to do anything to make the other person laugh. Oh, yeah. And person B was to resist <laughs> laughing. Yeah. And how good some children were at resisting. Yeah. Put that into the context that you know people are trying to wind you up. More often they're winding you up because they're busy doing their stuff rather yes. than they're trying to wind you up. Yes. The problem with it is it becomes a habitual way of being, doesn't it? Yes. And you're triggered more and more easily into that place of anger. Yes. For me, every negative emotion has a purpose. Yeah. And the purpose is, is it's time to do something differently. Yeah, and if you go back to the rule, which is be present, if in being present you are acknowledging that others may not be achieving that rule, yeah. then that, that further informs your ability to make choices and to... And your choices to let them get on with their stuff, or yeah. to intervene and, and attempt to make them more conscious. Yeah, because I think by, by living the being present... Um, you naturally will model behaviours that actually the other person is, I think, on a on a sort of instinctive soul level, is going to understand that you're behaving in a higher self, higher vibrational mode, and you'll sort of pull them, possibly pull them to that. I, I mean, I, I wonder whether many people would actually um, conceptualise it in terms of a higher vibrational mode, mm. but I think what does happen is that if you... Um, if, if you are working or being in a family and there are things going on and that you engage in the drama and the chaos, yes. all you get is bigger drama or chaos. Whereas if you, you choose consciously yes. that that's not going to be the way you're going to be present yeah. and act in a different way, that that modelling then stops the, um, the fundamental... Um, habitualness mm. of that other person. Yes. It pulls them up short, oh, this is something different, what's yes. going on? Yes. So take people out of the circle. Yes, yes, exactly. So on to our third. <laughs> our third. <laughs> three. Which is? Speak your truth. Now I know there are so many people who find that difficult. And yeah. I want to make the, <laughs> the, the, the distinction between speaking your truth is not an excuse for being rude, hurtful, and no. difficult. I worked with a woman when I first became a head, um, and she would, uh, her view was, 
I'm blunt northerner. I I speak as I find. I speak my truth. And actually, what she used that as an excuse to be critical, unkind, very, very destructive. For me, speaking one's truth is about, in a sense, it's the speaking to you. And being being clear about what is my truth. Yes. And not engaging in speech or activity with others which puts my truth at the back because I want to please or because I don't want to upset. Yes. And there are ways of speaking your truth and I don't believe in doing it aggressively mm. but I think there are ways of speaking your truth which do not diminish the other person yeah. but just say actually this is my truth, this yes. is what's important to me yes. and actually you're entitled to your opinion but it doesn't have to be mine. Yeah, I think the, the main message for this rule f- for me um, is you have to work out what the truth is. <laughs> it's down to those individual microseconds that are passing you by and what is my truth now versus what is my truth in the next second. And I think that's really important because our truth, our fundamental values, I don't think, change. No. But I think the way in which we perceive those, those, those are manifest and how yes. we see ourselves and the world changes yes if it didn't we'd still be living in caves yes absolutely so i think you know um guys who does energetic nlp mm. uh, one of the things that he taught me actually i found really helpful was the, his expression you know, it's the truth of today yeah um, that as new information comes in as i develop and grow so my truth will expand and may change dramatically yes. my truth about myself has changed dramatically since yes. I stopped thinking of myself as I did when I was 14. Yes. So my relationship with me is based now on a completely different yeah. set of truths. Yes. One which was very destructive and now one which is much more constructive and positive. Yeah, and it's interesting. I sort of relate this back to my writing and the, the quote um, of um, there's no such thing as a perfect sentence, only a true sentence. And I often think about that, that often people, when they think about the truth, they think of this like perfect, you know, up on a pedestal, everybody will get it. Yes. Um, And and actually, no, there's no such thing about perfection when you talk about truth, because it is so personal. Yes. So variable. So, so connected to, to you you, and not necessarily true for anybody around you, but Uh, is no less valuable for that. And I think for me, the... The, the key word is your truth. Yes. Because, you know, how you present in the world your beliefs are yours and you are absolutely entitled to them. Yes. However, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody else has got to agree with you. No. And that doesn't diminish your truth. Yeah. Nor does it, it expand their power. No. It only right. expands their power if you give them that power. And the other thing I want think is really important about this rule is is the active verb of speak because it's it is very possible to have truths to understand them but to never make them anything other than just sort of within yourself so it's in the articulation you you have to it's part of sort of the turning up and being present to two formal rules in order to fulfill the rule you have to speak you have to do something active about it and I do think that is about living a, an authentic life that is, you know, integral to your values. So you have integrity to yourself. 
interestingly for me, it's not only about the speaking, it's about, you know, the, the saying, action speaks louder than words. Oh, yes, yes. For me, it's about the behaviours. And yes. often, you don't necessarily need to articulate with words. No, true. But embodying your truth, and I think that's particularly true around things like love, compassion, yeah. care. Yeah. Lots of people talk a good talk, yes. but it's in the action that <laughs> yes. they're speaking their truth. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, obviously you need both, but I think it's it's really mm-hmm. interesting one that there are so many people who, who talk a good talk, but yeah. actually they're not authentic. They're not no. being their genuine best selves. No, they're they're posturing. Right. Yes. And in a way, I think that you know, when you look at the the fourth rule of, of living a great quality life is do no unnecessary harm. Yeah. And I think the way in which we speak our truth, I think it's really important that we recognise that divisions, and we live in a world which is so divided. Yeah, I mean, the media feeds on polar views. It does, know. and if you look at fundamentalists of any sort mm-hmm. they are so convinced that they are right mm. they would probably argue i'm speaking my I'm speaking truth my truth therefore it's yeah. all right mm. but it has to be seen in in conjunction with do no unnecessary harm now yeah. i suspect that they would argue that this is un, not unnecessary harm it is a relative term <laughs> so if your Ku Klux Klan, for example, yeah. or ISIS, yeah. their view of what's unnecessary would yeah. be very different to yours or mine. Yes. So for me, it's about you know, the, doing being conscious about that every action or lack, mm. every word or lack, mm. has the capacity to hurt and harm, mm. and being mindful of that you that, that in living my truth. I do not want to do harm to other people. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I sort of uh, learnt this rule a little bit from uh, one of the, the um, shamans uh, called Ross Heaven, a fantastic yeah. shamanic teacher, actually. And he he was dealing with uh, um, several people who, you know, very spiritual, love and light type mm-hmm. people, who struggled with the concept of what humanity does yes. to the planet and, and in, you know, in living their lives, how they do so much harm. And he said, look... Humans, um, we kill things all the time just by breathing in. You, yes. you kill things, uh, the microbes in the, the air. Isn't it the James sect? Yes. Who, uh, you know they'll brush the floor so they yes. don't kill an ant and so on. Yes. Yes. So, so just by existing, I'm afraid you have impacted the environment yes. in that sense. So you have to sort of come to a certain amount of acceptance that um, you will do harm in life. You yes. will. Um, I think the point about it, though, is that. Doing harm should not necessarily stop you from speaking your truth if that is what you truly need to do and you've made sure that, you know, it fits with your values. But it is not an edict to just ruin other people's lives. No. You know, no. we're not saying, hey, those murderers out there, they were just speaking their truth. Yeah. <laughs> it is about speaking your truth but doing no unnecessary harm. Yes. Now, I know that I've made decisions in my life that have hurt other people. But it was so necessary for me in order to be truly myself that I had to harm those people in that way. And I hope I did it in such a way that I didn't overcreate the hurt but, in that and sense. And let's qualify that by causing harm, causing upset because you yes. removed yourself from a marriage that wasn't working, for yes, example. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We're not talking about, you know, 
Um, I, I didn't take a knife to anybody. No. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all of these things are open to people um, qualifying them to come to their own view of what they are. Yes. Ultimately, to live a great quality of life, sorry about the noise, we've now got some, my helicopter. Um, a helicopter <laughs> passing over, um, that it's really important, that I think, for everybody, that you actually consciously think about these things rather than yes. just going through life without um, considering yes. what is your truth, how do you speak that truth in a way that, that doesn't hurt other people, or if it does, that you minimise that hurt. Yes, because I know that a lot of my growing up was dictated by um, messages around avoid conflict because uh, you know it, it will hurt people yeah. or you will get hurt. Yes. And uh, that is a way of uh, not being present and not turning up. Yeah. Um, and so in order to learn that actually, to, in order to get to the point to accept that actually sometimes I may do harm, and that actually I have to be okay with it, as long as as long as I can feel truthful and know that you know it isn't too great a hurt. It isn't yes. it isn't beyond reasonable in in the sense of what, whatever truth I'm speaking. Yes, and I think that brings us on to the final step, which is let things go. This is the hardest rule. So, <laughs> if somebody has hurt you recognising that if you hold on to that hurt, it's like you taking the poison and expecting them to die. Yes. That if you've done something wrong, forgiving yourself, forgiving others. Yes. Learning the lesson. Yes. And then letting it go and moving on. Yes. Recognising the behaviours that um, have been destructive in the past to yourself and to others mm. and changing those to become much more constructive and mm. but having you know learnt the lesson it is time to let it go mm. because if you don't that old stuff will continue to colour your present and your future mm. in a, a really destructive way. Mm. Now that isn't about it's done, I take no responsibility for it. Uh, and I think no. it's really important that we yeah. we identify this is absolutely taking responsibility for what you've done yes if you can put it right yeah absolutely do so yes but if you can't put it right then learning the lesson and making sure that you don't do it again yeah is really important and then the final bit let it go let go there's a great passage in i think it's the celestine prophecy where the main character is you know running for his life basically and he finds himself sort of you know attached to a cliff clinging on by his fingertips and he looks up and he thinks how the hell am i going to get to safety up there and he looks below and there's a raging river below him and um he gets the message from spirit to let go hmm. and and he's saying he's arguing what? You know, I can't let go. He's literally clinging, but he's totally stuck. Mm. He can't go up. He doesn't really want to go down into the river. What's he going to do? Hold on there for the rest of his life? Um, but the message keeps coming. Let go. Let go. And eventually he does decide to let go. And he falls into the raging river. And it's a little bit uncomfortable, for sure. But very quickly, the raging river turns into a calm. And he's drifting down the river to where yeah. he needs to be next. So I think the let go uh, rule is really very important in terms of in terms of, of the main message in life. <laughs> you 
the uh, Mac decided to break. Ah. Ah, <laughs> we don't know if you've been able to listen, uh, hear us over the last thing. The Mac suddenly decided to <laughs> die a death. Um, and we were talking about letting it go. So there we are. Um, ultimately, if something's gone wrong in your life, it is time to let it go. So it's about bringing us to the end of, of what we're talking about. So our five lessons for living a great life. So turn up, be present, speak your truth, do no unnecessary harm. And if things go wrong or you do something that you regret, then let it go. Forgive yourself, forgive other people, of course put it right if you can, and then let it go. So thank you very much for joining us today. If you want a free digital book, a copy of the, my latest best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success and Fulfillment. You'll find it on the website www.genuinely-u.com. Thanks very much for joining us. So, this is Gina Gardner here, Passionate World Radio, saying cheerio and look forward to joining you the next time. Bye now. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-u.com today to find out more.